What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Sports Gamble Ramble. This is SGR 107. We're getting ready to break down week 16 in the NFL. We have three more games for each of the teams here. Some teams already eliminated. Some teams already clinched into the playoffs. Um, headline this week, obviously, is the massive storm coming in across the country. If you guys are planning on betting this weekend in the NFL and you're not looking at the weather reports, you are fucking up big time. Uh, this episode is going to be focused mainly on how the weather is going to impact each game. So if you're not interested in basically learning to listening to a uh, football uh, meteorologist session here, then I don't know, maybe skip this one, maybe skip this entire week in the NFL, but it's going to be crazy crazy. I'm going to give you guys the info that I have here uh, as of time of recording Friday, December 23rd, and we're going to do our best to take advantage of some of these weather situations. I'm going to be playing a lot of unders and a lot of dogs this weekend. It's the only way to attack it in the NFL, if you ask me. So um, first off, I'll let you guys know uh, which games are going to have weather, you know, impacting them and then which games are going to be like indoors or in, um, you know, warm climates. So so the games that we need to worry about here this weekend are uh, the Texans at the Titans, the Seahawks at the Chiefs, uh, the Lions at the Panthers, the Bills at the Bears, sorry guys, uh, the Bengals at the Patriots, the Falcons at the Ravens, the Saints at the Browns, and the Raiders at the Steelers. Uh, games that are going to be played either indoors or in warm climates is going to be the Giants at the Vikings, the Commanders at the 49ers, the Eagles at the Cowboys, uh, the Packers at the Dolphins, the Broncos at the Rams, the Bucks at the Cardinals, and the Chargers at the Colts. So all the weather games are going to happen on Saturday. Every game that's on Sunday and Monday are going to be played um, in dry conditions. So we don't really have to worry about it too much. But Saturday, we really have to get prepped for and do our research. So... I'm going to give you guys more information on each specific game as we go through this. We're going to get to that in a second. I want to take a quick minute to remind you I'm using the bet stamp to shop around for all my prices here. And I wanted to also remind you guys to follow me on the bet stamp app. You can follow me and get notifications in real time when I'm locking in my bets. Literally just Thursday night, I was uh, shopping around for prices and I had locked in my uh, Trevor Lawrence over 12 and a half rushing yards prop. And I had a buddy who follows me on BetStamp literally message me on Instagram like the minute that I placed it and he said, uh, I like that pick, you know, I'm on that prop too, basically. That's not exactly what he said, but you guys get it. It's a really cool tool where you can, you know, again, follow me, follow other verified bettors and just, you know, another resource to see, you know, what the market's doing or what the sharps are doing here. Um, so please follow me. The username is at SGRpod on the BetStamp app. Download that and use my referral code JosephB. Uh, yeah, other than that, let's quit fucking around and let's get to week 16 in the NFL. First game we're breaking down this week, 1 o'clock Saturday window. We have the Texans at the Titans. Uh, line is currently Titans minus 3, over under 35 and a half. I am seeing some fluctuation across the market. There are some 3s. There are some 3.5s on the spreads. And I've also seen that 35 and a half drop down to an even 35. So be sure to bet or, excuse me, shop around for those numbers. Um, 
I'm going to go with the Titans minus three, and I'm going to go under. I already locked in under 35 and a half on this game. Um, guys, spoiler alert, a lot of unders this week. Almost all the bets I'm giving you guys this week are on unders. I've locked in quite a few so far, but there's really no point to me in trying to pick the games that are going to go over. Yeah, if you like some over angles this week, you know, attack those games in the domes. Like, I, I really think that the Vikings game and that uh, Eagles-Cowboys could be sneaky high scoring. You know, people are underestimating Gardner Minshew, but the offense is still going to be capable. I would target games like that rather than trying to hit overs in any of these outdoor venues. Um, Tennessee, not going to be the most brutal weather of all the, you know, northern cities, obviously, you know, but... Um, it's going to be pretty shitty here. It's going to be 21 degrees with 11 mile per hour winds at time of kickoff. Um, the fact that the Tennessee Titans can just pound the shit out of the ball uh, in the running game with Derrick Henry is why I have to pick them here. Malik Willis is starting. Ryan Tannehill done for the season. That makes their offense completely one-dimensional. I get it, but this is the absolute perfect opponent in the perfect conditions for a one-dimensional offense to thrive. Derrick Henry absolutely dominates the Houston Texans. You know, like I just said, with all the weather conditions there and the fact that Malik Willis is, is starting, they're going to have to pound Derrick 30, 35, 40 times this game. Um, Derrick Henry already has faced this Texans run D, which, if I have to remind you guys, is dead last in the NFL in yards given up this season, over 180 rushing yards on the ground this year. He's already faced them once this season. He went for 219 and two touchdowns on the ground. That was also a game that Malik Willis started. So it's not even like you know they had the threat of the pass with Tannehill in that one. He still dominated. And you guys have probably heard this stat going around. Derrick Henry has rushed for over 200 yards each of the last four times he's faced this Texans defense. He has over 900 rushing yards, excuse me, over 875 rushing yards and nine touchdowns in his last four starts combined against this Texans run D. Again, conditions, backup quarterback, high-volume play against a shitty run defense. I am absolutely stacking up on Derrick Henry props. I've got the under in this game, 35 and a half. Um, I'm not going to take anything on the spread here because crazy things happen, and I'm not really not in the um, position to be laying points in any of these games. Like I said, guys, you know, grab the points that you can in some of these matchups with cold weather and grab those unders before the line shoots down e even further. But... Um, I've got the under here, 35 and a half. I'm seeing 40% of bets and 74% of the dollars on DraftKings on that under. I don't understand why only 40% of people would be taking the under in this game. I think the line opens somewhere around 41 or so, and it's already dropped a full five or six points this week. So I'm on that one. And like I said, Derrick Henry props. I've got him over 108 and a half rushing yards. That's where his line is right now. I've already seen it jump up. I've got 108 on DraftKings. I've got 109 on BetMGM, and I've already seen the line jump from 106 to 111 and a half on FanDuel just this afternoon alone, Friday uh, the 23rd. So that's going to be shooting up. I also grabbed his alternate to go over 150 rushing yards. I got this at plus 320. I'm already seeing it down to plus 300 on the same book that I bet it at. So that is getting driven down. And uh, I've got a fun one for you guys here. Derrick Henry to have 150 rushing yards and two touchdowns pays out plus 
plus 852. I hit this same parlay the last time that they played the Texans at uh, plus 1054 odds. It's plus 852 this time because the books know it's coming again. We've seen this movie before. We know how it ends. Derrick Henry should have a massive day. So, you know, by that angle, I'm taking the Titans minus three here. But I've told you guys how I'm betting this game. It's Henry props overs and it's the full game under um, this Rabel defense has got to get back on track against a bad opponent in, in Houston. I don't see Houston moving the ball a whole lot, and I don't see the Titans passing the ball, you know, more than five or six times in this game. No exaggeration. Malik Willis will probably have less than 10 passing attempts, and I'm totally fine with it. Give me all the Henry. Um, that's how I feel about this one. Uh, you know, a lot of situations similar on this episode guys like a lot of my favorite bets are going to be hey it's windy it's shitty it's cold let's take unders let's take rushing overs let's take passing unders so that's the theme of the episode let's keep it rolling next game we have the seattle seahawks traveling to arrowhead to take on the chiefs the chiefs are a 10 point favorite at home over under is 49 and a half uh, number looks a little high to me, but to be honest, I'm going to lean towards the over in this one. It's one of the few outdoor um, cold weather games this weekend where I would lean towards an over. It's expected to be cold, but not like super windy, no precipitation really. It's going to be around 10 degrees or so, but again, not much wind like some of these other games more up north. So I don't think that the weather is going to have the biggest impact on these offenses. Seattle's been brutal defensively, actually dead last in the NFL in defensive DVOA by football outsiders over the last six weeks. And they've also are 0-5 against the spread in their last five games. So we've seen regression hit Seattle pretty hard. Um, You know, obviously they overachieved based on expectation coming into the season um, over the first half or so. I think they got off to a 6-3 start, now sitting at 7-7, I believe. So um, I, I gotta lean towards laying the points with the Chiefs. I know they barely beat the Texans last week, but you know, any given Sunday is a real thing. And I just think, uh, you know, we'll see how Gino plays in the cold weather. He's not going to have Tyler Lockett. I, you know, I, I think Gino's a great story, but again, this team regressing a little bit over the back end and it's a road game in a hostile environment against a non-conference opponent in cold weather. Can't really see myself taking Seattle with the points here. Um, So I I don't have the strongest opinion or strongest takes on this game. Besides that, I haven't locked in any bets yet. Uh, I do think that it's a good matchup for the running backs here in Kansas City. McKinnon's been highly involved lately, and Pacheco's doing some dirty work on the ground. So I think maybe if you're going to attack props, that's maybe the safest way. Maybe look at a Geno Smith under passing yards. I actually haven't shopped for that number, but that seems like maybe the angle there. Um, I've been playing on Geno's rushing yards over lately, so maybe we look into that as well without you know one of his favorite weapons in Lockett. But not the strongest opinions on this one. That's kind of where my gut lays. Next Saturday, 1 o'clock game, we have the Detroit Lions heading down to Charlotte, North Carolina, where the Carolina Panthers are a two and a half point home dog. Over under is 43 and a half. This is a game where I have already locked in the under as well. 43 and a half is a relatively high line for this weekend, at least. Um, the Lions uh, against the Jets last week, uh, Jared Goff in cold weather outdoors against an unfamiliar opponent. Um, 
you know, we saw how that played out. I think it was 2017 final score. I see this as a kind of a similar situation. Again, we know Goff doesn't play as well on the road in cold weather. This is a dome team in Detroit heading down to Charlotte where it's not going to be brutal. Again, this kind of the mid-southern tier of the country, but we're looking at 22 degrees and 10-mile-per-hour winds with 21-mile-per-hour gusts at kickoff. That 21-mile-per-hour gusts is enough to get me on an under in this situation. Um, as far as picking the spread, I don't love this one from either side. To me, when I'm trying to break shit down from a betting perspective, you kind of have three main, I don't know, I don't know what to call this, parts of your gambling anatomy, okay? So you have your head, obviously, where you're trying to think logically. You have your heart, where you've got your emotional investments there. And then, you know, you go a little bit further south, you got your gut. And your gut, sometimes it seems like your head and your gut would be on the same page, but sometimes they're just not, right? Sometimes your head's telling you, like, there's no way, and then your gut's saying, but something's weird here, right? And so for this one, I think my head and my heart are on the Lions. My gut wants to say that the move is Panthers plus two and a half here. Um, the Lions are 6-1 and one straight up in their last seven games. They've really gotten hot over this middle to uh, late half of the season. Um, their only loss over that seven-game stretch was to Buffalo uh, by a walk-off field goal uh, on Thanksgiving. Um, so this team is extremely hot, and when I look at how this game needs to be won, it feels like it's got to be in the trenches. That's another you know reoccurring theme this weekend is I think advantage will go to the team's uh, with the stronger offensive and defensive lines. And to me, that is Detroit. Their offensive line is um, pretty underrated still at this point in the season. Sewell's really having a hell of a second year. Ragnow's one of the better centers in the league. And they can run the ball pretty well, pretty consistently. That one-two punch with DeAndre Swift and uh, Jamal Williams has been really effective this year. And Carolina, on the other hand, their run game has been relatively inconsistent, in my opinion. They've been able to get Foreman uh, and, and Chuba Hubbard going at times, but they will also disappear in games. Detroit started out this year terrible against the run. Their run defense has actually been um, upwards of the top of the NFL over the last uh, month, month and a half or so, basically over the course of this uh, um, winning stretch here a lot of it has been because their defense is actually playing better against the run they're still giving up a crazy amount of yards through the air right now their defense has kind of switched to a pass funnel I don't think that benefits Carolina however if you're asking me you know how Carolina needs to win this game it's got to be with the running backs and Foreman needs to get hot and I would not like to put this one on the shoulders of Sam Darnold if I'm the Panthers coaching staff I don't think I can really pick the Panthers to win this one but I'm not gonna lay the points with Detroit either in this one my strongest play here is obviously 43 and a half I thought about trying to grab some Darnold passing yards under, maybe a DJ Moore passing yards under, but again, the matchup says that they should be able to put up some stats against Detroit. It's just the weather and the situational spot here with the storm. Also, Carolina getting 12% of the bets, but 49% of the money on DraftKings. That's a massive red flag there. 
Um, so obviously, you know, somebody knows something here, home team, Carolina kind of playing somewhat inspired football for this interim coaching staff, I suppose. Detroit, can they keep the success going on their second straight uh, cold weather road game? There's a lot of factors that make this spread a, a stay away for me. I guess I'm going to pick the Panthers plus two and a half for the sake of the pick, but I'm not betting that for sure. I won't bet on Sam Darnold, just like I won't bet on Zach Wilson at this point in their careers, but I'm on under 43 and a half in that game. That one feels pretty good. Next up, we got the Giants heading up to Minnesota. Thank God they built a dome up there in Minneapolis. The Vikings are favored by four at home. The over-under is 48 and a half. And conversation around this game has been mostly that, you know, general consensus in the gambling community is that the, both these teams are fraudulent and they're both teams that you want to bet against at this point in the season. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, one of them's got to win this game, um, un, you know, unless we get a tie, which happens way too often in the NFL. Fix the overtime rules. Anyways, we got the Vikings minus four over under 48 and a half here, and I've gone back and forth on this one. I wanted to talk myself into laying the points with Minnesota because I really do think that the Giants are just about as mediocre as you can get. It seems like the Giants have success against the teams that they should have success against. They allow teams to beat themselves constantly. They don't really make dumb mistakes. They just play conservative, relatively smart football. I think a lot of credit has to go to Dable and that coaching staff. The Vikings, on the other hand, are statistically you know, the worst 11-3 team in NFL history. I said it last week. I said it two weeks ago. I said it three weeks ago. Like They just every week... They continue to win games that they probably shouldn't win. They're coming off that 33-point comeback, down 33 nothing at halftime, to a Colts team that is not good, right? Uh, the comeback aside, they looked like shit in that entire first half. And then you add the comeback to it as far as like kind of an emotional letdown here the week after. Like That was a big-time win. That's a bust-your-nut game right there. Um, they also have a look at the Green Bay next week. So this is a bit of a sandwich spot here. It's got me leaning towards the Giants getting the four points. Minnesota, all they do is play one-score games. They're 10-0 and this season in one-score games. Uh, I'll take the four points here. Again, I'm trying to find favorites to talk myself into because a lot of these outdoor games, I have to take the dog with the points. This indoor game with a high over-under, I wanted to lean into the variance of the Vikings being able to cover that number, but... The Giants are 8-2 and two against the spread as a dog this year. They're 5-1 and one on the road against the spread, and they're 4-2 and two straight up on the road this year. I'm not saying they win the game, but they might be able to. I mean, Kirk Cousins, in the games where the Vikings look beatable, I think it's mostly because Kirk Cousins makes mistakes. I, I, he turned the ball over one or two times in the first half of that game against the Colts alone, I know. Um, so... I'm going to take the number here. I'm going to take the plus four with New York. Don't love it. Haven't really figured out if I'm going to be betting this one um, because, again, I have flip-flopped a little bit. But the sandwich spot with the Vikings, again, coming off that bust and not win, um, epic comeback. The, you know, anytime that they're trying to come up with nicknames for a game, you know, it, it's something to be aware of. And then they have to play divisional rival Green Bay next week. I know that Green Bay is kind of a dead fish right now, but it's a big rivalry. Um, I'm going to have to take the points with the road team here, despite my uh, distaste for watching Daniel Jones and this offense even play football. I guess last point, the Vikings defense is just not good. It's not even like that they're sneakily not good. Like people are aware and they're still sucking. Like 
they can't uh, cover anybody. I think they're dead last in the NFL in terms of uh, fantasy points allowed to receivers, which is, you know, maybe a stat that can be manipulated. Um, Fantasy doesn't exactly always translate to real life football, but the point is, Wide receivers are dominating this team on a statistical level. We'll see if the Giants have the guys to be able to take advantage of that mismatch. I mean, I think Darius Slayton and Richie James are the leading pass catchers for this team right now. Maybe a Slayton over um, this weekend is something that you look at. But again, how much do you want to get invested in the Giants passing offense? I'm not sure. Um, But that's kind of where my head's at on this one. Uh, You know, we'll see if I bet anything, but nothing locked in right now. So it was kind of fun talking about football instead of the weather on that one, but we are back to the Doppler radar here as we head up to Chicago. Uh, The Buffalo Bills non-conference road game, they are favored by 8.5 currently at the Chicago Bears, over under 40.5 here. And this one is going to be one of the worst weather games of the weekend, this game and the Saints-Browns game, which we'll talk about in a couple minutes. Um, I'm seeing 10 degrees, uh, feels like negative temperatures and 20 mile per hour winds in Chicago, uh, this Saturday, um, that lake effect wind going to be coming in. They call it the windy city and we're getting a windy game here. Um, I'm taking the eight and a half points with the bears. This is a line that's fluctuating a lot. Actually, just before I started recording here, I was able to grab a eight and a half. I also saw using my bet stamp app that there are numbers like eight and a half, eight and seven and a half across the market right now. So that's another one you definitely want to be shopping around for. Those aren't the most key numbers, obviously, being around eight, but... You're flirting with that seven, seven and a half, and you know any half point that you can get on value is going to be to your advantage. I'm seeing the Bears with 51% of the bets, but 76% of the cash on DraftKings right now, and I think it's valid. Again, that's too many points to be laying with a, a game with a low total, 40 and a half. The reason I haven't grabbed the under yet in this one is because I do think um, that the Bills maybe are a team that are maybe both of these teams actually built to kind of play in shitty weather with how much they're able to use their quarterbacks in the run game. So also Chicago's defense is just horrible. It doesn't really uh, look interesting to take an under in any of those games, regardless of weather. Um, I think that this could be a lot, uh, on the ground here, um, But I think that Fields and Allen are good enough at creating plays with their legs where it does give me pause on the under 40 and a half. I grabbed Chicago eight and a half on the spread. I came into this season hating the Chicago Bears. I put more on the Chicago Bears under six and a half wins than I ever have on any win total. And it's looking pretty good, right? We locked it in last week against the Eagles. Um, Even if they go three and oh here, we're only at six wins and we cash that ticket. So that's already hit. But I also find myself picking the Bears against the spread like every week at this point in the season. They're covering the number. Fields is making plays. They got the backdoor cover last week in Philly off of Fields' legs alone. And I think this is kind of a similar spot, similar number, catching the 8.5 at home in a game that could be low scoring. So I have locked in Bears plus 8.5 on the spread. It's one of the few spreads that I've bet already this week. Um, feel pretty decent about that one. I I might look to play this under as well. Um, but not my favorite on the board just again, because of the quarterback rushing potential.
But I do like the Bears plus eight and a half quite a bit in this one. Buffalo's a great team. You know, on paper, I guess you don't want to, like, take a three-win team to cover against an 11-win team. But the weather, the home field advantage, the fact that Fields is using his legs to keep games close, it's got me on Chicago here, uh, weirdly enough. Next game, Bengals at Patriots. Patriots are a three-and-a-half-point home dog. I am seeing threes across the market, and that's a pretty key number there, so definitely shop around. Uh, over under 41-and-a-half. I've already bet the under in this one. It's another under that I'm on this week. Um, the Bengals are a sneaky under team. They're on quite a uh, uh, under percentage here. I think 11-3 um, on the under so far this year. I'm not sure if that's correct, but it's close to it, so don't quote me exactly. Anyways, 41.5 is too high for a game with, again, weather. Uh, Patriots, very conservative on offense. Passing game can't get shit going right now, and all their passes are you know quick screens. Uh, average depth of target is super low. Everything close to the line of scrimmage. Mac Jones seemingly unhappy with the coaching staff. And the play calling, uh, Matt Patricia and Joe Judge uh, appear to be, you know, Beavis and Butthead over there on the sideline trying to figure out how to play a game of Madden. Um, I can't lay the points here, to be honest. The Bengals have the best cover record in the NFL, so I'm not picking the Patriots either with, you know, the multiple levels of dysfunction that I just, you know, named. And also, um, again, the fact that the Bengals seem to be a, a bit of a powerhouse right now. They're a very good team, and the Super Bowl hangover does not seem to be catching up with this team. Um, I think they've gone 10-2 and two over the course of the season since starting 2-0-2, and or 0 and two, rather. So, um, very good team right now in Cincinnati. That said, I'm seeing a cash split here where the Patriots are getting a bit of a... Uh, a ratio that's got me interested. 13% of the bets, 34% of the dollars on DraftKings. It looks like a little bit of sharp money there on New England. I think it's mainly because you can't lay three and a half in a game where the weather looks to be suspect and the, and the total is low. So this is another one where, yeah, um, I'm not betting on the Patriots. I'm betting on the under, and I'm leaning into the uh, weather factor. We're looking at 20 degrees, 13 mile per hour winds with 27 mile per hour gusts. 27 mile per hour gusts. I'm taking an under every single time. I'm surprised this one isn't, you know, 38, 39 or so. It looks a little too high for me. So yeah, grabbed under 41 and a half. I also grabbed Joe Burrow under 259 and a half passing yards. He actually hasn't gone over this number in three weeks. And again, weather, um, going to be super windy and against the Belichick defense with their season on the line, essentially. I mean, that was a brutal loss for New England last week. And it just seems like with the way the NFL tends to zig and zag, would it not surprise you or would it surprise you really for the Patriots to lose to the Raiders and then somehow play a good game against the Bengals next week? It just seems like that's kind of one of those weird things that could happen. I won't get invested with the spread to repeat myself here for the 10th time. Under 41 and a half and Joe Burrow's passing yards is what I've locked in so far here. Last thing to throw in, the Bengals, 19 and 3 against the spread over the last 22 games. Another reason for me to not want to grab the three and a half with New England. But I can't lay points this weekend in these outdoor games. Just won't do it, guys. Another Saturday 1 o'clock game, another shitty weather game to talk about. We have the Falcons at the Ravens. Um, over under 35 and a half, uh, Baltimore is a minus six and a half point home favorite. 
Um, this line opened at seven, I believe. I think I saw some seven and a halves earlier in the week. Now down to six and a half pretty much across the market as I'm seeing right now. Um, yeah, I'm going to have to agree with the line move. I think part of the seven was because we were optimistic that Lamar Jackson would be playing. He is not. Uh, Tyler Huntley is starting, I believe, his third straight game for the Ravens. Offense was not very effective last week in Cleveland, but they did shoot themselves in the foot quite a bit. Uh, I believe red zone uh, turnover and downs, um, red zone interception, two missed field goals, just a lot of crazy shit not going Baltimore's way. Uh, but I think they only put up three points last week against Cleveland, if I remember that score correctly. So this is another one you have to lean into the under. Um, don't think I've bet anything on this game yet, but we'll definitely be looking at a possible under in this situation. And also Atlanta plus six and a half looks pretty intriguing to me. Numbers just too big, again, uh, for the conditions here. We're seeing a high of 20 degrees. Uh in Baltimore during uh, the one to four o'clock window, 15 mile per hour wind with gusts of 30 miles per hour. So um, this is again, looking like an under actually might've locked that one in. Sorry guys, I placed quite a few bets today, but I probably will have this under also again, Atlanta six and a half, you know, I'm trying to talk myself into that. I kind of liked Baltimore at first glance on this one. And then you start to look into for the thousandth time, the weather, uh, the low over under um, Baltimore actually own five and one against the spread at home this season. They do not have a cover in a home game this season, which is uh, surprising. Um, what's, uh, having, excuse me, what's having me uh, hesitate to take the points with Atlanta here officially is that the Ravens are uh, top six in the NFL in uh, run DVOA. Um, they've, they've been shutting down the run at a very high level, especially over the last uh, six or eight weeks or so. Started out a little rocky in the beginning of the season, but have really gotten their shit together uh, defensively. Um, the offense has really been the issue. So again, looks like a dead under 35 and a half. Uh, more and more I look at it, the more and more I like it. Um, this is a dome team from Atlanta traveling to the north to play outdoors, and Desmond Ritter is only making his second NFL start. That's the reason that I haven't grabbed Atlanta plus six and a half yet. Um, but trying to talk myself into it, trying to talk myself into ignoring the fact uh, again, Ritter with his inexperience and the Falcons maybe not being able to move the ball on the ground against the Ravens run D. That's the hesitation, but trying to talk myself into it. Official picks, I will uh, go with Atlanta 6.5 and, and under 35.5, um, but the only thing I've bet so far is that under. Last 1 o'clock Saturday kickoff, we have the Saints heading up to Cleveland in the grossest game of the weekend based on the Doppler reports. Uh, Over-under is only 32-and-a-half Cleveland uh, home favorite by three points. This is the lowest total at 32-and-a-half um, since 2009 in the NFL. Okay, it's been 13 years since we've seen a game projected to be this low scoring. We've got 25-mile-per-hour wins with gusts of up to 45, 47 miles per hour, guys. 45-mile-per-hour win? Are you kidding me? It's going to be 10 degrees at kickoff. It's going to feel like minus 11 Fahrenheit. This is a dead under. It's 32 and a half. It's a super low number. I get it. I don't care. I'm taking it. This line could be 25 and a half and I'd still take the under. It's going to be a, a rugby match, guys. This is 
Um, I also took Andy Dalton under uh, 138 and a half passing yards. I know that's a low number, but again, I don't know if they throw it 10 times this game. I think a lot of Kamara. I think big time Taysom Hill game. Taysom Hill could outsnap Andy Dalton in this game. If they choose to just completely abandon the passing game and go wildcat, I don't know if that's a bad decision. Uh, Cleveland's run defense has not been good this season, especially over the last month or so. The Browns, I know offensively, I, I don't expect with the way that Deshaun Watson's been playing and the fact that their entire offense is predicated on his own running scheme, I don't expect them to be passing it a lot either. So under 32 and a half is the play here. You can't pick the spread. If I had to, I, I, nah, I can't pick this spread, guys. But I'll, I, okay, head, um, head is going to the Browns with the run game. Heart is going to the Saints uh, because you can't really root for the Browns right now. They're just kind of gross. Gut is going with the Saints also. And I don't, I, I think it's just, I think Taysom Hill kind of fucks Cleveland up in this one. And maybe the Saints defense plays better than the Browns defense. So I guess I'm picking uh, the Saints minus three, but I don't feel strong about that. And something. Something in my head is also telling me, what the fuck are you doing? Like, just take the Browns to be able to run the ball with Nick Chubb. So, don't love that. But this under is definitely a play. Uh, the Saints are 1-5 against the spread on the road this season, so that's not great. Again, it's the Dome team heading up north. Oof. Don't love that Saints pick, but I guess I'm sticking with it. The gut wants what the gut wants, but I could be very wrong, so I won't be touching that one. Like I said, a couple of props here. We got full game under 32 and a half. We got Taysom Hill over 35 and a half rushing yards. And we've got Andy Dalton under 138 passing yards. Uh, feels good. I saw that Taysom Hill line shoot up to about 41 and a half on some books. So again, going to mention them one more time. Bet stamp helps me shop around for those prices. So please go ahead and download that app. So the NFL decided to give us eight 1 o'clock games and only two 4 o'clock games on Saturday. Love it when they do that. Uh, 4.05 kickoff, Washington at San Francisco. This line is at Washington plus 6.5. Opened at 7, 7.5 I saw, I think. It's been getting bet down over under 37.5. I was surprised to see this line so low considering this is one of the games that won't be affected by weather this weekend. Trying to talk myself into leaning towards the over there, but... Um, the way that the market is betting this game and the way that some of these cash splits are going, you know, I don't think I can touch that total. It could be a very gross game. I think this is potentially the game where we see Brock Purdy, you know, look like a human being. I was kind of calling for it last week in Seattle. That didn't really work out. Uh, San Francisco is on long rest here, which is a little concerning if you're trying to take the Washington side. But with the sharp money coming in and driving this line from 7.5 to 6.5 and, and crossing that key number with a low total like 37, I'll take the points with the road underdog here. I, I kind of like that one quite a bit. I could see myself betting Washington plus 6.5 this weekend. Maybe even a little money line value. This, the 49ers have already clinched their division. Uh, Thursday night, you know, they don't need this one. They don't have a realistic shot at the one seed. Maybe they could pass a team like the Vikings um, in uh, seeding and move from the three seed to the two seed. But outside of that, they don't have much to play for here. And they're not in jeopardy of dropping down to that four seed. So motivation, I don't know how strong it's going to be where Washington really needs this one to stay in the wild card position. Um, what does San Francisco do best? Obviously, that zone running scheme. Washington, biggest strength of their team. I was going to say their defense. No, biggest strength of their team 
is their run defense. Um, they got some big boys on that defensive line, multiple first-round picks, Chase Young, Montez Sweat, Deron Payne, and Jonathan Allen. Linebackers are pretty solid there, filling the gaps. Um, I think they may be able to neutralize this 49ers run game, and I think that maybe they can get a little pressure on Purdy with some of those pass rushers I just mentioned to make him uncomfortable. I just don't think Purdy's going to look like a superstar every weekend. I'm going to go with Washington plus the points here as my favorite play in that one. Haven't looked into any props yet. Um, maybe a Purdy under. I don't know. I don't know what they're setting his lines at right now. Haven't looked into it. But I like the spread in this one. Washington plus seven, plus six and a half, whatever you get it at. I'll lean towards the under, I suppose, in the total, but I won't be touching that one. 425 kickoff on Saturday. We got the game of the week. Little disappointing. Jalen Hurts obviously not playing this weekend for Philadelphia, but Gardner Minshew steps in as the starter, and we head down to Dallas. Four and a half points is the spread. Dallas is favored at home, and the over-under is 47 and a half. First off, give me the over. I'll probably I'll probably bet that one if I feel like getting involved. Um, personally, as an Eagles fan, I tend to stay away from these games, but that number kind of jumps off the page to me. Dallas's defense got exposed quite a bit last week, giving up 34 points to the Jaguars. I think the Eagles can still move the ball with a ton of success despite not having Jalen Hurts. The offensive game plan will be put together to set up Gardner Minshew in advantageous situations. He's not going to have to put the team on his back. We will be able to run the football. Um, the Eagles offensive line is still the most dominant unit in football right now. Uh, Miles Sanders having a hell of a season. The, the threat of the read option will not be there, which you know maybe uh, Miles doesn't have quite as many openings this week, but we'll still be able to move the ball. We can still block guys. Micah Parsons um, has been neutralized by this Eagles offensive line in their matchups. I mean, Micah can't get past Lane Johnson. I know, like, everybody loves Micah. Um, Lane Johnson having, hasn't give up, given up a sack in two years, so I'm not worried about him. Uh, Philly clinches the one seed and the division with this win. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. You can call me biased. Maybe Philly gets blown out. I just don't think that they mail it in here. I think that this is a locker room that realizes that they can win with a backup quarterback. They won a Super Bowl with a backup quarterback five years ago, guys. I know five years ago, but there's still a lot of vets in that locker room that was there on that playoff run. Jason Kelsey, Lane Johnson, Fletcher Cox, Brandon Graham, they are all still there. And they all know how to win in these situations. They know how to take advantage of what's in front of them. If they lock up that one seed this week, they can rest Jalen Hurts for almost a month. Huge advantage here in winning this one. Dallas, they're just frauds. They choke. That's all they fucking do. I mentioned Micah Parsons. He's been running his mouth to the media, you know, going on podcasts and TVs, uh, talking about how Jalen Hurts doesn't deserve the MVP. Um, get ready to eat your fucking words, Micah, because that's a lot of bulletin board material you've been throwing at us. And, uh, yeah, I think the Eagles are ready for this one. It just, and I know that I'm an Eagles fan. So again, maybe you want to call me biased. I don't pick the Eagles every week on this show for you guys that actually pay attention. I don't pick the Eagles every week. Um, but I think that this line move is a little too drastic. Uh, I know that it's a backup QB, but Dallas went from minus one to minus six with the Hertz news. And then the sharp betters pushed it back down to four and a half. So this line's four and a half right now with the sharp money coming in on Philly. And I'm riding with it. Minshew's going to get the job done. I think we win this game. 
but four and a half, too many points to be laying in a heated divisional rivalry. And again, yeah, we're playing with a backup QB. Don't give a fuck. 53 guys on the roster, not one. Give me the birds. Primetime kickoff on Saturday. We have the Las Vegas Raiders heading out to Pittsburgh. Steelers favored at home, minus two and a half. Over under is 39 that I'm seeing currently. Might have dropped down to 38 and a half. Uh, yeah, I think that's at 38 and a half right now. Um, should be pretty low. This is another one where I lean towards the under. Uh, didn't see anything crazy as far as wind, but I know that it will be cold at time of kickoff. I think maybe 10 mile per hour winds or so, which is, you know, good, not great for an under situation. But what I have bet so far is actually Pittsburgh. I got them at minus two. Uh, I think this line is fluctuating a little bit. Saw two this afternoon, two and a half on most books. Um, I like Pittsburgh in this spot. Uh, the Raiders coming off, you know, that bust a nut game against the Patriots last week. Uh, McDaniel versus Belichick. That's always, you know, obviously the coaching matchup there. Um, revenge game, if you want to call it that. Uh, you know, mentor versus mentee. Chandler Jones with the walk off. Uh, what do you call that? Lateral interception for a touchdown. I mean, that was a hell of a way to end a football game. I talked about it with the Vikings uh, with their bust-a-nut situation last week. I think it's very similar. The Raiders, I think it's it's going to be hard for them to get up entirely for this one. I don't know if they just lay an egg. It is you know, a primetime game on Christmas Eve. But I think Pittsburgh will be very, very up for this game. Uh, they're at home in primetime. The Yinzers are going to be drunk. They're going to be cold. They're going to be loud. They're going to be ready to go. Um, this actually, to me, feels like a very fun game. While I don't think it'll be high scoring, I think the environment will be very fun for a Christmas Eve primetime game. Uh, this is the 50th anniversary of the uh, Immaculate Reception, uh, whole ceremony and celebration planned. Unfortunately, you guys probably know the news, Franco Harris passed away this, uh, the, earlier this week at the age of 72. Uh, there's a thing here at play, a little bit of tragic magic. You know, some of these uh, situations, you know, whenever somebody close to the organization or close to a player or a coach passes away, sometimes that can be a lot to galvanize the locker room and get them motivated. I think Pittsburgh is all in on this one. I think they'll be ready to go. Their defense has played a lot better since TJ Watt has come back. Kenny Pickett is starting, which, to be honest, I don't know. Trubisky might be better for, like, if I, I already have bet on Pittsburgh, I kind of wish Trubisky was playing, but. You know, we'll see what the young kids got. Uh, hopefully, Tomlin can have the boys ready. He's going to coach them up. That's something that I just trust in pretty blindly. Same with my my uh, ever um, ever burning you know trust in Mike Vrabel as a head coach to get things done. Tomlin, I feel the same way about. So, I like the Steelers here. It's a dome team from the West Coast traveling out to cold weather in Pittsburgh. Uh, can't take the Raiders coming off again, that uh, big Belichick walk-off win there. So uh, situation with the tragic magic in Pittsburgh, give me the home team. We're going to move over to Sunday. We have three Sunday games and then the Monday night game. So four total left on the slate. Going to be honest with you guys, I haven't spent as much time researching these Sunday games because a lot of my focus these past few days has been on this storm and trying to figure out how the weather is going to impact this shit. 
almost every bet I've given you guys has been some sort of under or some sort of storm or weather related prop. And that's kind of all we're going to be doing this week. Um, One o'clock on Sunday, we have the Packers heading down to Miami to take on the Dolphins. I'm seeing this spread anywhere between three and a half and four and a half across the market. So look around for that. We'll call this Miami minus four for the sake of the pick. Over-unders 49 and a half. That's really high for a Packers game, and that uh, that's interesting. I think I will lean into the over here. The weather is going to be 50 degrees and sunny in Miami, um, so pretty much a non-factor here. Miami uh, able to move the ball quite a bit in Buffalo, and their defense still is nothing special. Uh, Packers, you know, they didn't – They okay, so they looked better against the Rams – last week on Monday Night Football. They got Romeo Dobbs back. Obviously, Christian Watson brings some explosiveness to the offense. Um, So I think that the offense is kind of at least building some sort of momentum uh, here and a little bit more firepower. So, you know, maybe this game does go over on account of Miami not being able to stop anything and their offense being a fucking unit. Um, we'll see how Green Bay chooses to defend, you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. I mentioned a couple weeks ago the Dolphins' uh, offense getting exposed a bit against the 49ers and against the Chargers, but it looks like they got it back on track against Buffalo, so maybe not too worried about it. You know, I'm having a tough one picking this spread. I feel like we're going to get a lot of dogs on Saturday, and then Sunday maybe we just go back to the favorites. Um, again, I know that the Packers, uh, you know, pretty pretty easy victory against the Rams two weeks ago. It gives you a little bit of hope that they're putting together a late-season run, but I think the Rams just fucking stink. And I don't want to necessarily overreact to that. The Dolphins uh, almost beating Buffalo last week in the snow, I think it showed me that they are um, back to being legit, you know, that they, they had a, a bit of a awkward stretch there, um, two or three games where they didn't look their best. But I think at home in the warm weather uh, should be a fast track for Miami. I'm not sure Green Bay can keep up. I'll lean with the Dolphins minus the four here, but I'm not not super excited to lay that number. These next couple games we're going to go through super quickly, guys. Uh, the Broncos are at the Rams. The Broncos are minus three. The over-under is 36 and a half. That over-under is too low for a game indoors this weekend. I could see that one going over. Um, The Rams are really depleted. There's no way I can pick them here. I'm going with Denver minus three. Uh, I I feel more confident in that than I do the over-under here. Russell Wilson should be back in the lineup. Their offense looked pretty decent the last time he played. I think that there is um, a semblance of hope here uh, in Denver building some sort of late-season momentum. The Rams, on the other hand, I think are just um, a skeleton crew right now. Uh, Baker Mayfield pulled a win out of his ass against the Raiders on Thursday night, but that's not sustainable. They did not look good in Green Bay. I do not think they will look good for a majority of this season. I think he even lost uh, Skoranek is out in this game, Um, so that was kind of the only guy that he looked to really have much chemistry with. Going to go with Denver, minus three, but I will be skipping this game to have dinner with my family on Christmas. Holy shit. Sunday night, 8-20 kickoff. The Buccaneers head out to the Cardinals where the Bucs are laying 7.5 points. The over-under is 40.5. I got to lean with the under in that one. I just don't see the Cardinals being able to do much on offense. 
Um, Trace McSorley is starting, so the Cardinals are down to their third-string quarterback. Makes it an easy handicap for me. I got to lay the points with Tampa Bay, minus 7.5. Looks like probably the most attractive bet in this one. I know the Bucks' offense hasn't looked incredible, um, but there's no way that I am taking Trace McSorley to get a cover against a Buccaneers team that does seem to be out, like they can turn it on at some point. I know that, you know, I'm not really, um, you know, optimistic about them for some sort of playoff run like they pulled two years ago, getting hot at the end of the season. But, I mean, they need this one to kind of um, keep them going in that NFC divisional race and get into the playoffs. And it's Trace fucking McSorley against Tom Brady. So I'm just not trying to overthink this one. Last game here, Monday night. You know, I usually do most of my Monday night research on Monday once we get past the entire slate. So haven't spent that much time looking into this one either, to be honest. The number is four and a half. The the Chargers are at the Colts. It's an indoor venue. The Colts are four and a half point favorites over under 45 and a half. And this is a tough one to pick here. Um, Head is going with the Chargers. Gut is going with the Colts. Nick Foles is starting, so the Colts are making their third quarterback switch this year. You know, that could go one of two ways. Maybe this team is inspired to get up, or maybe they're just fucking done with it. You know, maybe this team is, they just don't have it anymore. Um, It's been an exhausting season for the Colts at this point. I definitely can't bet on them, but Jeff Saturday has actually been covering spreads. They're not winning games, but they're covering spreads, which means they're exceeding public expectation. Um, public perception not high on this Colts team, uh, despite the fact that they were up 33-0 at halftime on the Vikings last week. So I, I think the public's going to be on the Chargers in this one. My contrarian vibes will have me leaning into the Colts plus four and a half, I guess. I don't want to put my money on it. What You know what I'll be looking for here is uh, possibly an over 45 and a half. It seems like it can get over here. Again, maybe that Colts defense just is not not putting forth the effort, uh, can't keep, can't keep it going. Um, but also Mike Williams, I think has what, like five or six straight road games with over a hundred yards. I think if he gets this one, it'll be his sixth straight and it'll be an NFL record. Um, again, that Colts defense may be lacking motivation after getting torched in the second half last week. Uh, Mike Williams props is something that I'll be trying to play on this weekend. Um, but outside of that, I don't have a strong conviction on this game. I guess lean with the home dog plus four and a half because the Chargers find ways to not cover games like this and lean towards the over. Um, but nothing super strong on that one, to be honest. So that's the episode, guys. Appreciate you bearing with me. Hopefully you have time to listen to this before uh, Saturday at one o'clock. I'm getting this out as early as I can on Friday. No, it's late in the week, but, um, you're probably not going out tonight considering the storm. So, um, you know, give you something to listen to, to get ready for the weekend. Uh, obviously I'm going to be super busy this week with the family and holidays and everything. I will be posting all my action on Instagram and Twitter at SGR pod. And also obviously I'm going to re- remind you again to follow me on BetStamp username at SGR pod. The at is included. You have to type the at symbol to find me on BetStamp. But again, you can get notified whenever I'm locking in my picks. You can shop around for the best prices and odds. You can follow other five ver- other verified uh, betters and picks as well and a ton of other uh, analytics tools to keep you organized and uh, show you how often you know, you're beating the closing line, getting the best of the number. So download that app. Use my promo code JOSEPHB. Thank you guys for listening. I will be back next week. 
Follow along on the socials for all my final picks this Saturday and Sunday and continue to ramble on. Happy holidays, guys. Peace out.